0: Welcome to a special edition of the Innovation Agenda with the California Technology Council, where we take a close look at the relationship between government and the climate that supports innovation and entrepreneurship. Now we turn to our host in our Northern California headquarters, Matt Gardner, founder of the California Technology Council. On this episode of the Innovation Agenda, we get a chance to talk to Michael Kaiser of the National Cybersecurity Alliance and. We're really excited about the launch of CTC's talent initiative. But first, here's a quick word from Office Depot. Feeding a startup team? Hi, this is Janet McTaggart with Office Depot. Whether you're delivering a sugar rush, stocking coffee, or setting up a regular delivery of snacks, Office Depot has solutions that fit every startup culture. From getting those first business cards and stationery to ordering fleece pullovers with your new logo, Office Depot can help. Learn about how Office Depot and the California Technology Council have partnered to bring you savings on all these startup essentials, and more at californiatechnology.org forward slash member benefits. Thank you, Janet. And for all the latest that CTC is up to, be sure to check out californiatechnology.org. Now, it's one thing to talk about the talent shortage in cybersecurity. It's another thing altogether to take a look at the pipeline of that talent. And in this episode, we take a long look with Michael Kaiser at a study that the National Cybersecurity Alliance has done for the last few years with Raytheon. Here's more with Michael. On this episode of the Innovation Agenda, we're speaking with Michael Kaiser of the National Cybersecurity Alliance. Michael, thanks for joining us today. Uh, My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Michael, you've, uh, in the last couple of months, been on the road quite a bit for a number of uh, National Cybersecurity Alliance initiatives, but one of those was a study you recently conducted with Raytheon, Securing Our Future, Closing the Cybersecurity Talent Gap. Can you tell us just a little bit about the background and the inspiration for doing this study?
1: Yeah, sure. So, you know, we've been doing this study with Raytheon for a couple of years now. And uh, Raytheon came to NCSA and wanted to do um, some work in the area of cybersecurity careers. And what we came up with was sort of an interesting question. There had been a lot of work done around, you know, the gap, right, where the gap, what kinds of jobs need to be filled, those kinds of things. But no one had actually gone and talked to the audience, to the young people who are out there, seeing what their attitudes towards these careers were. And we had this strong feeling that you know, if we don't know where the young people who we have to encourage to go to these careers feel about cybersecurity careers, it would be pretty hard to reach them and get into the, into the careers uh, in security that we really need them for. So that's where this study uh, originated from, the idea. Then um, we've been doing it, like I said, for a couple of years now, um, sort of going to the, to the customer base, as it were, to talk to them.
0: So the the nature of the gap is that that there are tens of thousands of jobs that go unfilled annually in the industry. Can you before we get into the study, can you talk about the the challenges in the gap itself?
1: Yeah. So I think you know there's a couple of challenges when we talk about cybersecurity careers uh, and the gap. One is it's not a monolithic gap, right? So you hear these numbers, you know, 30,000, 50,000, a million cybersecurity professionals. But the truth is that that's um, in a lot of different kinds of job descriptions. And I think um, we actually all have to do a little better job in really describing the kinds of work that's available in these careers. So, for example, you know, you can have people who are very engaged in cybersecurity who also are administering, you know, a system administrator, for example, right? Or you can have people that need to do forensics, maybe in law enforcement, or maybe reverse engineering malware, or maybe um, they're actually... You know, um, you know, in larger scale critical infrastructure protection in in a broad way, or even policy, legal, or finance, where there may be cybersecurity elements to their career. So it's a very broad marketplace for these jobs. Um, And I think sometimes we do ourselves a little disservice when we just talk about cybersecurity careers. But I think that's been part of the issue too. What does it really mean to have a cybersecurity career?
0: So this survey uh, was a little different in that you're looking at young adults. I think ages 18 to 25 or 26 before they've entered uh, kind of career decision-making. And, um, and so it gives you a much better glimpse into how you're going to inspire minds to move into this profession. Can you talk about the, the global nature of the survey, why the countries that, uh, were chosen the way they were, and how you chose this age group?
1: Yeah, so the age group, you know, really it's just our definition of millennials for this particular study, right? The age group of millennials differs depending on who you're talking to. But it was really looking at, you know, young people just out of school and some who were a little bit longer out of school to see what their attitudes were towards these careers. And the global nature was really Raytheon's, you know, notion to really, you know, this um, notion of a gap in cybersecurity careers is not only U.S.-centric, right? Um, you know, any emerging economy... Uh, Any economy that wants to have the internet or technology as a core of its growth is going to need a cadre of people who can protect these vital digital assets. Um, You know, there were some slight differentiations in some places around some of these things, but in general, we found a lot of similarity uh, across the globe.
0: The first order of concern that comes out of this study is that really there's just low Awareness altogether of the the kind of various pathways into cybersecurity professions. Uh, what does that kind of tell you about the the problems that we face in getting people motivated into the career? Yeah, so
1: there's definitely an awareness gap here, and young people do not really know about these jobs. So, um, like for example. Uh, when we asked them about this, 61% said they don't know the tasks of cyber professionals, right? They don't know what they do in their day-to-day job. And if you think about that for a second, you know, um, both from a student's perspective and perhaps even from a parent's perspective, when they think about, you know, what it, what a doctor does on a daily basis or what a lawyer may do or a journalist or, you know, any other a teacher, right, a police officer. You know, you think about the kinds of professions that are out there, and there's obviously tons of different kinds of professions. Um, at least people might have a picture in their mind of what that job takes. could be correct or incorrect, but at least they have a picture of it in their mind, right? Or if you're a parent um, and your child comes to you and says, I want to be a doctor, for example, you can say to that child, well, gee, you know, I'm not a doctor myself, but... uh, You know, my understanding is that you need to know chemistry, right, Uh, that you need to know biology, that you've got to be good in science and math, and, you know, if you want to be a doctor, you may have to go to school and, you know, pre-med and then whatever, on and on and on, right, and the same with a lot of other professions, but it looks like people just don't know what makes up a cybersecurity job, and I think that's a huge awareness gap, Um, and they don't get discussed either in, in in the educational setting. So, for example, 62% of the, you know, young people we interviewed said that no teacher had ever mentioned uh, cyber as a career option, right? So we have a, you know, kind of a PR gap as well um, on the education side.
0: Yeah, so that's the follow-up I wanted to ask you about, too, that, that uh, obviously the one of the critical things that seems to come out of this set of questions is that, no counselor or career guidance professional kind of mentions this opportunity to people so, or not, not frequently enough. So this is a multi-layered education problem, right? It's not just the student population that we've got a challenge with.
1: Yeah, and I think, it you know, it actually even starts at a more basic level. So, you know, one of the things we really promote is that people should graduate, you know, from high school, let's just say, being able to use technology safely, securely, productively, and ethically, right? That that's kind of your basic cybersecurity skills for everyone. Uh, and then, of course, you know, out of that, you know, we hope people go on to careers. But, you know, we know that, like, 40%, 5% of the kids did not get any classroom lessons in staying safe online at all. And close to 70 said were not offered classes needed to pursue a cybersecurity career or degree. So that's in their estimation that they didn't get any training or offers in that, which, you know, um, is a pretty self-fulfilling prophecy in terms of filling this gap. If you're not getting any training at all, then you're not probably being inspired to pursue that career. Um, You may feel that you have a deficit um, starting out uh, and don't even know where to start, um, and you're not getting any guidance about, you know, what it might take to have this career in the future. So that's something that really needs to be strongly addressed if we want people to go into these careers.
0: And I, I believe, uh, Michael, if I'm not mistaken, there was mention also of a lack of kind of school availability of some of the basic programs as well. Yeah, well, I think that's really it. It's really
1: that they weren't getting um, anything in the school side that was, that was perceived as training or um, education around these careers. So they weren't getting any basic training um in things like you know cybersecurity or i think you know even things like computer science which i think is another you know issue around this that was uh, providing a gateway and they weren't getting advice from their counselors or their teachers and their parents aren't aware of these careers so it's really you know um kind of an insidious little circle uh, around um around these young people and getting them into careers
0: I think just in the last couple of days, the Obama administration has announced some major technology investments to trickle down into, uh, I guess, grade 6 to 12. Did you note that? And what's the good news there?
1: Yeah, so I think, and I don't know all the specifics, but it looks like they want to make some big investments in computer science, right, um, and want to see computer science become more generally taught. Uh, across um, the K-12 through space. Obviously, you have folks in the I think a little higher, um, you know, up in the grade in the grade bands. I think this is terrific. I mean, um, we of course need to have make sure that the computer science curriculum also contains um, some cybersecurity as well. Not all computer science curriculums do. But I think we're starting to see this trend now uh, in the United States. Um, you know, there are other countries that have been uh, much more aggressive in teaching coding to young people, right? Um, it's, uh, we see, you know, in places like Estonia and other places where every young child gets taught um, coding I think you all see uh, in New York City um, Mayor de Blasio about I think it was about four or five months ago um, indicated that they wanted to make huge investments um, in getting young people in New York City uh, everyone in New York City taught coding I think they're good, that's good news. The bad news was that he also claimed it was going to take 10 years to get all the teachers they needed to actually make that happen. So, um, you know, we see some infrastructure ability to actually deliver this training uh, uh, probably out there um, and enough trained professionals to teach it. But I think that's all a good move, right? I think. We look at things like coding or teaching people to be safe and secure online or cybersecurity, you know, really it's like, you know, there's reading arithmetic, you know, um, and there's technology. People need to learn how to use this technology. It's it's going to be in their lives. It's part of their lives. Um, It's going to enrich their lives. Some of them are going to make livings. Off using this technology or developing new technologies. So getting this training, if we're, if we believe that our K-12 education is part of our ability to train the future workforce, then having this uh, is actually a fabulous thing. Um, we probably need more than what the presidents proposed, but I would hope that every single school district out there is looking at introducing this kind of coursework uh, into their curriculum.
0: It seems like there's a second order problem here, Michael, in that the first order problem might be that the industry itself needs a certain number of professionals that are not available. Then there are the procurement professionals in places like the public sector, uh, where there just is not uh, enough up-to-date skilling to to stay up to speed with what's happening in the technology. Then there are the teachers that you're talking about. So this is a secondary or maybe a tertiary problem, but uh, the skills gap is obviously cascading through the system here.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, like any problem, it's, you know, um, there are many, many uh, different tributaries that have to be uh, followed, you know, in order to, to really solve the problem. But I, what I'd say is, you know, if you take it from the from maybe from the top level for a moment and try and envision like this, you know, we want to build out this incredible uh, technological future, right? I mean, for a long time, it's been about, you know, protecting the PC on the desktop or maybe the mobile phone. But now we're talking about the Internet of Things, and all these devices and all these networks and all these connections are going to need to be protected, and we're going to need people um, who are skilled in doing that. And, you know, just in the same way that, you know, maybe in, in, in the, you know, in the past, you know, we had to build the capacity to do, you know, whether it was car mechanics or something, to build a whole infrastructure of, you know, having this technology out there that needs to be fixed and repaired. We need to do that uh, in technology as well. And, and what we don't know, and I, you know, I don't want to be the doom and gloom guy, but what we don't know is if a lack of, you know, uh, skilled cybersecurity professionals will it somehow um, impede innovation, right, because uh, we can't have a huge network that's unprotected out there. Uh, and we need the people to do it. So there's going to be a lot of opportunity um, as time goes on, and there's lots of other, you know, areas of this, including, you know, better training about security by design from day one and innovation and other things that could help this process along. Um, but we we have a lot of work to do on all those fronts.
0: <laughs> so, there, so, again, not to be doom and gloom here, there were positive indicators in the Raytheon study, including uh, things that told you that uh, young adults, saw exciting opportunities here, not just as indicators of interest in the field, but also in the kinds of skills that they want to put to work for themselves. Can you talk a little bit about those kind of signs of interest and, and what kind of hope that gives you that there's lots of opportunity here to, to get people motivated?
1: Yeah, you know, I think, and, and this is one of those other, this is a, yet another kind of gap, right? And this is really a PR gap. So when we asked young people, um, what they wanted in their careers, right, not asking them about cyber or other things, just in general, you know, like 44% said they wanted to be involved in problem solving, and, you know, 36% said they wanted to be involved in data analysis, and another 27% said they wanted to be involved in program, and there was also a high um, interest in things like, you know, management and leadership. Well, these are all skills that are kind of essential to cybersecurity. It's not a monolithic profession, but Problem solving is obviously very much a part of cybersecurity, as is, you know, analyzing problems that are out there um, and figuring out how to solve them. So um, we do have to make some efforts to communicate to young people kind of the nature of cybersecurity jobs and how it relates to interests that they already have. And I think, um, you know, we we saw some levels, higher levels of interest, and we asked them, you know, close to 40% of the young people we asked, wanted more information about what a cybersecurity job entails, right? Um, And I think here is a really essential component of this that I think we really need to work on. When you talk to young people, um, they want to uh, pursue a career that they think they'll be good at. And in this study, year after year, that's one of the things they've told us is they're not sure if they would be good at it, right? And you can't know if you're good at something unless you get a chance to try it out a little bit. And so um, 38% also want uh, training to test a cyber secure, cybersecurity career fit. So they want an opportunity, basically, to be exposed to it. I think there's some, optim- you know, optimistic things there. I think that... Um, You know, things like cyber challenges are really great. They're a great way for young people to, you know, kind of try on um, this experience and see if it's something that, you know, um, lights a a passion in them or something that they want to pursue. But young people want, you know, in that early stage of their career, I mean, yes, everybody's concerned about earning a good living and those kinds of things, but it's not necessarily the primary driver. Um, The primary driver can often be, I want to do something that I'm good at, that will feel fulfilling to me and that makes a contribution, all of which could be very true in a career in cybersecurity, um, but they're not making the connection between cybersecurity and those other career
0: goals. This is a challenge in all kinds of STEM careers, but what's the right age that we should be aiming for to, to try and inject some of these ideas and, and, uh, and the possibilities for, for young adults?
1: You know, I obviously think the younger the better here. I mean, you know, there's no question that, you know, kids in elementary school can be learning a little bit about coding. There's a lot of programs out there now, you know, where they teach them things like Scratch and stuff, which teaches them to develop little programs or little apps. I think it's never too early to sort of um, fuel an interest uh, in in these careers. I think, obviously, as we get, you know, kids get a little bit older um, towards middle school and high school, they uh, probably need more if they're interested, they need to you know know where they should be focusing their energies um, in order to pursue those careers. So I think that's an important, you know, whether that's in the guidance counselor or uh, level or, you know, teachers who teach in these uh, areas that need, you know, to have a little more um, knowledge about cybersecurity careers or the trajectory to be in one of these careers, just the kind of guidance, like, wow, well, if you're really interested in this, this is the kind of experience you should get. Um, perhaps even more knowledge, you know, in the college counseling arena around the kind of schools, the kind of differentiating programs that are out there. Um, you know, they're not all the same, and, and kids may have, you know, maybe if they want to work into government, they go in this track or the private sector, another track, or even on the entrepreneurial side, you know, teaching kids about some of these things. So we have to, you know, we have to integrate it in our system. I mean, it's. I think cybersecurity represents you know some of the challenges that we've had with the fast influx of technology in general that the technology has been adopted much more quickly than our ability of our whole society to kind of respond to it um, and figure out how to support it underneath in, in ways that make sense you know um, younger and younger you know kids are getting into these things whether they're playing minecraft or you know um doing other kinds of things they have the technology at a younger age and sort of instilling in them you know that um this is a resource that we have to protect, um, just like our community um, is something we can teach them very young.
0: So this question might be a little bit unfair, but there are, you know, something like 13,000 school districts in the U.S. Does this mean that the NCSA is going to have a new program to try and just send basic educational material out to those 13,000 districts? Or, I, I, you know, how do you begin to tackle that?
1: Well, I think, you know, the the, the problem in the United States is that there are all these school districts and that decisions about what get taught in the curriculum happen at a very, very local level, right? So it could be everything. I mean, it could be the federal government plays very little role in determining, you know, what gets taught in an individual school. I mean, certainly there are things like Common Core and standards and those kinds of things. But every state, you know, adopts their own. And even many, uh, every school district has their own interpretation of that. And then the public, you know, at the local level, parents um, play a strong role in determining you know, what they feel the priorities of their schools are. So NCSA does not intend to be in every single school district in this country or to develop curriculum. But our goal is to drive this discussion and get people thinking about it and making sure that schools are thinking about it and paying attention to these issues and that parents are, too, right? I mean, parents play a huge role here. Uh, in helping their kids understand what their future opportunities are. And so, you know, parent education is also really important. But we also believe, you know, very we're very supportive of STEM and other activities which engage kids in this sort of basic education um, that's critical uh, to pursuing a career later, right? They may not choose to be in cybersecurity until they're in college, but if they haven't, you know, had a good, strong STEM foundation, it's going to be harder for them.
0: So, along those lines, what are the conclusions you drew from this year's Raytheon survey and um what does that tell you about uh about how things are evolving in the in the state of the industry?
1: Well, I think you know one of the, one of the one of the really great findings was one of the ones we discussed is that there's a, there are young people who have interest in having in their careers uh the elements of the job skills of cybersecurity. So I think you know our 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 effort now is to really try and help people to close that gap to start helping companies uh, and anybody who's responsible for recruiting people to start talking about cybersecurity differently. I think you know um, one of the things that we we asked young people uh, over time is, are you interested in a career in cybersecurity? And we get you know kind of. Uh, one result, maybe like something you know in the 20 or 30% response, when you ask them, Are you interested in the job protecting the Internet? the number goes up substantially. It almost doubles. So maybe we have a lot of work to do on our messaging, right? And this is something NCSA really specializes in. Let's change the way we start talking to young people. Let's not talk about them as cybersecurity professionals. Let's encourage young people Are you interested in protecting the Internet? This thing that you use every day, all the time, right? that's so valuable to your life. Let's tap into that kind of idea. Let's get them to think, oh, you are? Well, you know, there's a lot of different ways you could you could do that, everything from, you know, being highly technically trained to defend a network to working in an organization like NCSA that does education and awareness. You know, a lot of big companies now have internal awareness folks who teach, you know, the employees how to be safer and more secure online, or they might want to do research, or they may want to um, – you know, uh, work in a different area. Maybe they want to work in law enforcement. Every law enforcement organization is going to need more and more people who are well-skilled in this technology, maybe digital forensics, maybe other areas. So there's going to be opportunities uh, to do this in lots of different settings, and I think we haven't done a good enough job sort of messaging out that out to people, um, the opportunities that are out there.
0: Michael, where can uh, people get more information on this study and on the national cybersecurity lines? Well, they can come to
1: staysafeonline.org and we have uh, some of the results there. And uh, we have all our information around this topic and many others where people might want to be engaged.
0: This has been Michael Kaiser, the Executive Director of the National Cybersecurity Alliance. Michael, thank you for your time today.
1: Well, thanks for having me and I really appreciate it.
0: So that's it for today's episode of the Innovation Agenda. For more on CTC's Talents initiative, have a look at californiatechnology.org slash talent. There you'll find more about our job board, education partners, and other member benefits. The Innovation Agenda is produced in Northern California by the California Technology Council.